passionate about helping businesses grow and you absolutely have to market to grow your business. Give it all you got. The best is yet to come. Hi, I'm Tiffany Youngren with OMH Agency, and I'm really excited to be here with Taylor, who works with me here at OMH. She does a lot of our blog writing, and together we create the editorial calendars. We talk about strategy, how to use blogs, how to optimize them, any changes in the industry, um, tools that might um, make it more effective, things like that. So she's my right-hand person when it comes to blogging and when it comes to social media and when it comes to strategy. So thank you, Taylor, for coming today. Thanks for letting me share my knowledge with you, and most of it I learned from you. So oh, great. You're so awesome. Well, she's a great writer, and that that's awesome. So there are some things about blogging that's a little bit probably different than what you may have learned in college, or uh, if you learned in other places, it, it might vary a little bit. Um, however, I think it's going to be really valuable. Taylor and I are going to bring topics to you from time to time that are things that we just get asked constantly. One of the things that I've been kind of sharing with people is that Chat and Grow is a way that I can do consulting kind of on a mass basis now that um, because uh, a lot of my time, my time priority is really to our clients um, that we really help with their full-on strategies. And so my consulting time is very limited, but I, I'm so passionate about helping businesses grow. And I love social media. I love the fact that online marketing can really help businesses of any size dominate. Um, so whether you're a small business or a big business, there are ways that your voice and your brand can be heard and it's kind of levels the playing field for everybody. So, uh, so chat and grow is really a way for me to get out and answer these questions. So as I'm out and about uh, talking with business owners and tailors out there, and we're getting emails or we're getting comments. One thing that comes up a lot is blogging. As I'm sharing with people what I call our secret sauce, uh, blogging is a huge part of that. And a lot of times business owners just look at me like, what is that? You know. Yeah. So the first thing I do want to talk about is what is blogging. And really what it is, um, you know, we... We like to say that your um, when you look at online marketing, your website is really the core. If you were looking at a stool, it would be the seat. So it's really the center of the universe <laughs> online. And blogging is one of the legs. So I would say that social media is one leg, blogging is another leg, and um, email uh, campaigns are the third leg. And within that, I would also say that just understanding your audience really is what is the glue and the screws that hold it all together. So um, so looking at one very important leg is blogging. And so if you're looking at your website and you're developing your website, one of the first things we do is like, what are your goals for your website? Uh, who are you talking to? And when someone goes there, you want to make sure that they know what what you want them to do. Within that website frame, the blog is really an important part of it. So a blog is part of your website that it's articles. And so it's constantly growing. You're constantly adding to it, um, but you're really meeting the needs of your audience. So if you're thinking about things, what do people ask us all the time? In fact, um, you know, for example, on our blog, um, we write articles based on our audience, um, so another part of the blog, if you look at it as a place to put articles, um, first let's talk about the benefits. So if you look at it like these are articles based on 
what the audience is looking for, what they ask. One of the ways that we figure out what to write about is like, what questions do we get asked all the time? And so um, one of the things we consider is our audience. And for us, we look at just small business owners as a whole, Um, people who don't maybe work with us or maybe they do, but things that they ask us a lot. So we answer those questions. So if you look at our blog, you will see a blog post that says how to post a blog post. Um, we, we And we're constantly adding to that. So, you know, another time you might see how to create an editorial calendar and then we'll give you our template or we'll go through a video and we'll say, this is how you do it. Those are all blog posts. So if you look at your industry, think about what is it that prospects come in and they're like, these are my needs. These are my issues. So you'll want to write things based on on what they're what they're wondering. And then your blog, then your website, it's like your website builds on that and builds on that. Um, And so it's more great content for audience than it is where you're asking for something. Wouldn't you say that's what a blog is generally? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a way to get information out to your audience without overcrowding your your website main pages. So like you wouldn't put everything about your business or all of your frequently asked questions on your homepage because that's not what they're necessarily looking for. But when you have a blog, that's a way for people to get their questions answered um, quickly. So mm-hmm. rather than always just calling and asking the same questions, if you say, like, if you have a blog post, that's where they can find that information. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a really good example, we, one of our clients um, is a real estate agent and she very often we'll use blog posts that we've written to answer questions for people who contact her. So um, there's a blog post that she has on her website that talks about financing. I mean, obviously, if you're a real estate agent, you know a lot of people ask about financing. So how appropriate to have you know answers to questions. I mean, if you're an accountant, maybe you want to talk about upcoming law changes and how that affects people or just the law in general or, you know, consequences or things like that. So you're answering these questions so that when people call you, you can answer them. But instead of like going into this whole half hour conversation that you're thinking in the back of your head, like they're not going to remember what I'm telling them. At least that's what I think when people, when I go into it in that detail, but you're able to say, Hey, I'm going to email you a link to a blog post so that what we just talked about, you'll be able to refer to in the future. So it really does provide really good content. Right. And so that leads us right into the benefits. So one of yeah. the benefits is to answer questions for both your prospects and your clients. Um, another benefit is that with your social media campaign, one thing that really, really works when you're talking about social media strategy is exactly this. It's providing valuable information to people who are out there that are Um, having issues that you want to meet their needs. And so if on social media, you're constantly meeting those needs, you're the go-to, like you're the pro. And they're like, I get what they're saying and I like how they think and they clearly know stuff. Well, in that social media content, a lot of people ask us too, is like, what do you write in social media? A ton of our content comes directly from blog posts. So, you know, if we have like, For example, um, if we wrote a blog post for, say, a fly fisherman, and it was like the top five flies that you must have if you're just starting out. And so you'll have five flies. Well, what if we just said, hey, did you know that the number one fly on the whatever river is this fly? That's one. I mean, social media posts are brief. You do not want to have this big, long social media post. You just want it brief, and you want to drive traffic to your website. 
And so being able to just pull a really good nugget out of your blog post, suddenly you have this blog post that is, you know, 600 to 1200 words, and you have all this really great content that you can reword, that you can reuse down the road. You can see what kind of content people are responding to, rephrase that and use it again. But those posts link back to your blog post. So you have a direct link from social media that people are like, yeah, I want to hear more. So you're saying, here's the number one fly on this river at this time of year, you know, for this type of fish. And then they're linking right to your top five things. And you're saying, and you say, this is what it is. And then you say, hey, there are four others that we recommend if you're just starting out. Click here to read what those are. And then people know that there's more content. Did you want to add anything to um, the social media benefit aspect? Well, just the fact that you can get people to your website without like feeling like you're selling something. Like it's not, it doesn't have to be a pitch. Like, yeah, like, Hey, I, yeah. What are the top five flies? Or like, here's a really important one. Click here for more. It's not a, you have to go to my website in order for us to count. Like it's, I think it's a great way to bring traffic to your site. Um, in a completely organic and friendly way that people actually want to like, mm-hmm. um, and they don't have to sign up. Yeah, they don't. So have they to, get to read your blog post, and there's no commitment. They just yeah, commitment's a good word. Yeah, when I'm on when I'm on Facebook, I'm there for a specific reason. Um, but when I'm on when I'm reading other blog posts, I'm there for a specific reason. Um, so it's just a really great way to bring um, that content that's from your site. It really just brings like I I don't want to say like accountability, but it really um, gives your site and your social media um, value. Like you're really just connecting those together, which we talk about all the time. Like you can't have one piece without the other piece. Um, and it really just um, validifies your your message and your brand. Mm-hmm. So that's For probably- example, like on social media, if you said this is this is the best fly in this river and then someone goes to the blog post, it it validates yeah. the claim that you just made on social yeah. media. Then it's like, oh wow. You're not just like throwing stuff out just to hit the wall and see what sticks. You actually know what the top flies are. Here are your sources. It's written professionally and in a way that it does add credibility to where you are the pro again that they want to work with. Um, Usually when someone goes to your website or you're just, they're just looking at you. I mean, think about your behavior on Facebook or on Twitter or on LinkedIn or on Instagram. I mean, you're not going there like, oh, I'm going to like run right out and shop right this second. I mean, you need to kind of get to know the people that you're thinking about believing because there's so much content on the internet that we don't believe people automatically. Right. And so by using a blog post, um, you know, like we said, number one, it adds a tremendous amount of content to your website and value to your website. Two, it gives you a lot of content for social media. Three, it validates your claims on social media or your position as authority on social media as well. Another thing that is a huge benefit is the fact that when we build websites and when I, and actually even if I don't build them, if I come in and we're helping with social media or we're helping with a, with an online marketing strategy, I always say that in fact, even if I don't help anybody, I'm just like talking to someone and they are building their own website. Cause some, I mean, that's how a lot of us have to start out is we're like, you know, on Wix or Squarespace or something where we're just like, I'm just trying to make it here. I'm trying to find a proof of concept. And so anybody that I talk to, I always say every page on your website is like an employee. If it does not have a goal and a job to do and a way to do it, then 
fire it. Like there's no reason for it to be there. So if it doesn't have a goal, it's not your website's fault. It's kind of your fault. I'm sorry. But then if it doesn't have a way to do it again, as the employer, you need to address that. So I would just really challenge anyone who's listening right this second to consider that with your website and whoever's managing it, it doesn't matter. I just challenge you, does every page have a goal? And there are different types of goals that you can have. So you can have a goal to capture leads. So you could say, I'm just trying to get people's email addresses. And with that, I would say develop a really good giveaway. Um, I mean, I know it sounds cliche. You probably hear it all the time. You may be sitting there saying, oh my gosh, I hate those. I hate it when I have to submit my email address, which is why I say if you're going to try to get people's emails on a web page, whether it's a blog post or your homepage, it better be good. Yeah. And if it, and I, this is my other thing, like this is a total Tiffanyism. Um, but if, it doesn't hurt you a little bit to give it away. It's probably not good enough for someone to give you their email address. And I, I, we guarantee it. Like we yeah. see our results of, of our various clients. And I know when someone's given me information and they're like, oh, I hate to give this out. Like my competitors are going to see this and you know, my clients are going to know this. Why are they going to call me now? It's like, if you're not brave enough to do that, they're not going to care enough to give you their email address because it it's valuable. And so that's the cost of getting their email address. However, the benefit is ginormous. Like for one thing is you're giving away something that likely your competitor's not giving away because probably they're thinking the same thing. Like, oh my gosh. I remember we were in real estate like 20 years ago and Dwayne and I were always the first to do things and it was so scandalous. Like I don't know how many times agents were like, oh my gosh, young grins are out of business just because it was, it was just chaotic because we before the word disruptors was cool, like that's what we were doing before it was cool. And one of the, a couple of the things that we did, I always felt like information in the hands of my people is always a good thing. Right. And even if that means that they might not use me, <clears throat> fine by me. I don't, I'm not giving them enough value. That's my fault. If I give them the information and they use it to go to my competitor, Again, that's totally their choice. They could start working with me and go to my competitor. Right. And so with that, it's just really important to remember <clears throat> that this information that you want to put in people's hands isn't the gold. Your services or what puts you sets you apart is your gold. So back in real estate, we were like some of the first to, oh my gosh, we put addresses on ads. So you would look in the newspaper, and and back then it was, you know, you put how many bedrooms, how many bathrooms, um, but you didn't put the address because then they would, like, drive out there, and they would, you know, whatever. And so it was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe, I can't believe you would put the address on there. And but I'm like, whatever. Like, I want my people to go look at it, and if they like it, they can contact us or if they don't they can you know if they're working with an agent they should work with their agent anyway so I just always felt like good always comes around and it did we were we were successful real estate agents so the other thing is is we then as time went by now this is the time this is so this is probably so boring but this is back in the time that um there was no internet and so people when they wanted to look at houses you had to go to a real estate agency where there was a notebook that was like three inches wide 
and the agent had to like flip through. So how organized that office was is how quickly. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And so imagine the ads were so, it was like the internet, right? It was like, oh my gosh, this information is out to the actual public. They're not going to come in. Why would they come into our office and ask us to look at that three inch binder if you're putting these addresses all over these ads, you know? And I'm like, well, whatever, like give people power, you know? Well, then we start putting prices on. And oh my gosh, it, it all hit the fan again. And and it was like that all the way through into, um, I remember an agent walking in and she was like, oh my gosh, I just heard about this thing. And you have to understand like real estate agents, they get hit up about everything. Like any new gadget, any new technology, it's like, oh my gosh. And it's always the most expensive. And so agents always feel really pressured to do it. And I know there are other industries out there that feel like this. But particularly with real estate agents, you just like you get handed by all the multi-level marketing because you're a salesperson and you're out there and you're visible. And so people are like, oh, they'd be so good at that. So so you have to understand someone comes into your office and they're like, oh, my gosh, I just heard of this new thing. It's called a it's called a Web page. And we're like, what? That yeah, that's just another thing. And so I remember that came out and then almost immediately Dwayne and I went out and found a developer and had our website built with a search in it immediately. Mm -hmm. And in the search, it gave out, guess what, addresses and prices. And again, what do you think everybody did? Like, we were giving everything away, right? Yeah. So you became more successful? Yeah, but the other agents, like, they were hating on it. it. Yeah, Yeah. they are just like, I mean, I'm sure they didn't hate us, but they, you know, they were hating on it. They were jelly. So... So anyway, so we came out, we had this whole, but we built this whole clientele based on, we empowered our customers with the information that they were looking for so that they could figure it out and then come to us and say, these are the houses I'm really interested in. Could you please show them to me? I could look at that, look up a few more that were similar and then go out and help them. This is no different. It's just like fast forward 15 years, you know? And so- A hundred percent, I will never let go of the fact that when you give your audience what they're looking for without caring what your competitors are doing and you set your own pace and you say, like, this is how I'm doing business, you will always win. Like, you will always win. Right. Well, and I think you can listen to a lot of different Mm -hmm. business owners or like J.J. Abrams. He Mm -hmm. teaches that when you add value to your services or your your product and you add value to the customer – then more customers become lifetime customers. Like rather than, yeah, rather than trying to figure out a way to scam customers into coming to your website or coming to your business, give them something that will bring them to come (coughs) back. Like that's, that's the goal of this is the blog posts, especially are a great way to connect with your customers by giving them value so that they learn to trust you. And they're like, Oh, that opinion is absolutely valid. And I trust what this blog says. Exactly. So that's, I mean, that's just, overarching that's what we mean when you add value and blog posts are a really great way to add value Mm -hmm. well and everything like all these benefits that we're talking about so we're kind of circle let's circle back to the fact that we're talking about the benefit of lead capture specifically Mm -hmm. and I was talking about every page is like an employee and it needs to have a goal Mm -hmm. and it needs a way to achieve the goal and then we were talking about lead capture and how the giveaway needs to hurt you a little bit to give it away you need to feel like you know, I'm giving you something that I really probably shouldn't give you. And I would really maybe even 
either be made fun of or someone's going to take the information and maybe duplicate it. Mm -hmm. Um, But taking that risk, everything points back to what you just said, which is adding value to your customer. And so, uh, so back to that. So make a really good lead capture. And then on WordPress, especially, and whatever email campaign program that you use, so whether we use Active Campaign, um, and there's you know Constant Contact, another example, or Mailchimp, or mm-hmm. um, you know any one of those uh, Get Response. It, no matter what you use, you can integrate that into where you can have a lead capture at the bottom of your blog posts, right? And so that's another benefit to blogs are capturing those leads. Yeah. Can you think way. of another benefit that we've missed outside of those of blog posts? Well, so, um, yeah. adding more content eventually will um, bring your rankings up on your site. <gasps> SEO. Oh my yeah. gosh, that's huge. Okay, so actually, I, we could talk all day long about benefits. So this is another one, and it's <laughs> yeah. huge. Is um, okay, so search engine optimization, which anybody who's talked to me for more than five minutes knows I'm always afraid to talk about it because as you're listening, I feel your eyes glazing over. Um, But I'm just going to talk about it. So I suggest that you get a pen and paper out or start typing into your computer questions that you have or terms that you don't understand um, because I'm about to. I'm, I'm not going to get too detailed, but I am going to talk about SEO. I think that's so a good idea. SEO is search engine optimization. What If you really just break that down, it means you want to be number one on Google. And so there are over 100,000 ways, little tiny baby things, what we call nudges to number one, mm-hmm. that you can do that will push you up to number one on Google. Now, the things that have to do with... there, Okay, of those 100,000 things... I say there are some that are heavily weighted and some that are lightly weighted. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we have a we have a uh, series on Facebook of social media posts where we talk about we just give you one little nudge to number one, and some of them have huge impact, and some of them have very 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 minimal impact. Like y- you may see a difference, and you may not, but I know that it in the it big is- package it it is one of those helpful things. But blog posting adds a lot of meat. Like it is heavily weighted things that you can do to improve your overall rankings on Google. And I'm just going to cover just a few of the ways that 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 happens. I mean, there's just a lot of ways that happens. One way, not as heavily weighted, but it, it really, it's more heavily weighted than a lot of the things that we do, but it's not as heavily weighted as some of the things I'm going to cover in a minute, is that... For our clients, when we manage their website, whether we built it or not, we make sure that the top, the most recent, maybe three, usually three blog posts, um, however many audience segmentations we have is usually, we have one of each of the audience segments in there. So usually it's three, sometimes it's four, um, but we have the most recent blog posts that automatically feed in. So as it's not something we have to manually do. It just automatically, if, if a blog post is added, it just automatically is added, and then the, the you know oldest one gets kicked off um, of of the home page, not of your blog post page, but of your home page. So what happens is, is because your home page is the link that you use most of the time to link back to your site. So on Instagram or on Facebook or Twitter or all these different directories, Google, it's your yourcompanyname.com, right? Okay, so every page on your website has its own 
link or what is called a URL, mm-hmm. but it, it's a link. So, you know, if you write a blog post, it's yourcompanyname.com slash the blog post title dash, 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 you know, so yeah. whatever that title is. But if you're talking about the links that are submitted to the bulk of the directories, it is your homepage. Yeah. And how that page is optimized for SEO really, really matters. And one of the things that helps is having it current. Right. So every time a new blog post is added, it's date stamped. And that date stamp tells Google, hey, the homepage just got updated. Yeah. That's current. You know, this somebody cares about this page. You know, because you think about all the pages that just get ditched. And right. Google, Google, their number one concern that they tell us <laughs> is audience uh, their experience, the audience experience. So if you go onto Google, they care so much about your experience as you're doing a search. And what they want to be doing is not showing you all these old abandoned websites. They want to show you new current websites that people are caring for and taking right. care of. I mean, it's a growing living thing. And those are the ones that they want to show you first. And so by having blog posts updated on your homepage specifically, it will make an improvement. So there's one way. Yeah. Another way is that every blog post is a page. And so first I'm going to talk about social media. Um, Every time you add a post and you link it to one of those blog posts, it's like, it's what's called deep linking. Mm -hmm. So how I just talked about yourcompanyname.com is what most of the directories have stored as your web page address. All of a sudden, when you're sharing links all over social media, um, someone else is sharing your link. That's deep linking because it's yourcompanypage.com slash something else. And yeah. so Google is like, oh, this page is so awesome that not only are outside places linking to the homepage, they're linking to deep links that yeah. are related to what their keywords are. And so with that, um, let's talk a little bit about on-page SEO versus off-page. I'm just where this is not an SEO talk, but um, one of the things that we will talk about when we talk about SEO is the fact that it's on-page SEO we can control. So right. we can, and we do this for blog posts where right. we'll look at the page and every single thing we can do will do to improve the search engine optimization and how Google sees that page. We can control that. Mm-hmm. There's a thing called off-page SEO which we have a lot harder time controlling it. We can influence it, but we can't control it. And so by having blog posts and having them shared or even better where you're on someone else's blog and you're like, have a blog post that relates to that. Or if you're on a Q&A site and you're like, oh, I can answer this question using this blog page. These are all deep linking links that are what are called inbound links. So they're on someone else's website they link back to your website and it's not just to your homepage, but it's deep linked inside yeah. of your homepage. Is there, do you have anything else to say? Like, I mean, was I confusing about it? No, or? no, that makes sense. And those are kind of like, yeah, big, good goals to have. And they're like little tiny SEO things that you don't even think about, like just naming your files correctly or optimizing your images, um, like little tiny things having the key, like your keyword phrase, Mm -hmm. the correct number of times, all of those little things that you're like, oh, I would do this anyways. 
those also help your your rankings and it helps people find your blog, which is ultimately the goal. You want people to get to your blog. Um, and it would be awesome if they were just typing into Google the phrase that they wanted and your blog was so awesome that Google decided this is so relevant to the user. And so your blog comes to the top. Like that is the goal. Like that is Honestly, like, that is the hugest thing. Yeah. I, I honestly, I can't even believe I've totally forgot. That is a huge benefit of a blog post is yeah. all of a sudden that's a landing page. And I, you know, when we, you know, when we talk about strategy with clients, one of my most satisfying moments is when I look at their Google analytics and number one is their homepage. Cause that's just going to happen. Yeah. Number two is a blog post. Number yeah. four is a blog post. Usually the services page shows up high yeah, because a lot of time and effort is spent on optimizing that page as well. Or, you know, when we send out information, people are like, hey, here's our services page. You know, I mean, that's that's a big one. Or contact us. That shows up quite a bit. However, if your blog posts are hogging the top five, you know that you have you have a very solid uh, blog strategy that is working and you have an inbound linking strategy that's working So not only is it like, oh, hey, cool, people are typing in, like, let's go back to the fly fishing example, where someone said, someone type goes to Google, and they're like, I've never fly fished before, I don't even know what, like, where do I even start? And they type in how to get started in fly fishing. Oh, well, magically, there's a blog written for that, there's a post written for that. And so that's suddenly the landing page. And so again, having a goal for that page, you look at how important that is, but also, that your homepage probably would not have showed up for that. Right. You know, and so suddenly now, because you've added this whole new page, there's this whole new search term that you are eligible for that you wouldn't have been without that blog post. That's huge. So yeah. thanks for bringing that up. That's, yeah. that's like, that does the one that gets me the most that's, excited. Like, that's yeah, the best that's, thing that's about That's the blogs. best part. And I think it's important to note that every industry is capable of having blogs written Correct. for them. It doesn't matter what you do, how boring you think it is. There are people out there who want to know about it and who are have questions and need to get them answered. And that's why we write blog posts is to help that. Like the internet's not going away. People are always going to need to have their questions answered. So, and that's blog posts are a really great way. Do you do that a lot where you just sit down and you're like, I have a question about this. And then you just type it in like, oh, all the time. I do too. So like, think about that. Like how many times do you as a business owner sit down and just go to Google or whatever your favorite search engine is and type in like, I don't know how to do this or I don't know about this. Yeah. That's, that's your business. Like that's your industry be that go to in your industry. So right. again, blog posts are just articles. And so let's talk a little bit about what to write for, because now we know like they're hugely valuable. They're completely relevant. I mean, we didn't even talk about the fact that we use our blog posts also as our, fundamental email campaign content so we have a template where people can remember who we are Mm -hmm. and and we do this for our clients so so you can have a template where people know who you are but the blog post is like hey this month we're going to tell you this about this and it's a segment from the blog post so but going from there into like what do we talk about and yeah like where we start i think is audience correct yeah exactly so um, you know, and when we meet with people, what we do is we'll sit down and say, okay, so if you were speaking to three audiences, who would they be? Mm-hmm. Now, whatever business you're in, it could be more, it could be less. Mm-hmm. Um, however, three is a good number to start with because yeah. everybody can come up with three. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, sometimes you just cannot avoid four, yeah. but almost always we've been able to cover it in three. Yeah, three is pretty standard. 
And so, um, for example, if um, like for us, we have we actually break ours into clients, prospects and partners. So we have a lot of marketing partners that we want to stay in touch with and connect with. So we have a set. um, We have a segment just for them. And that segmentation we use for both our editorial calendar for our blog posts, but we also use it for our email campaigns. So those are the three email lists that we have. And we actually use those. We actually use those audiences for social media too. Like those Mm -hmm. are probably, um, and I mean, this is probably a whole nother podcast to talk about our social media strategy and how Mm -hmm. we start that. But basically, blog posts are such a huge part of yeah, email and social media. Like Mm -hmm. if it's really hard to do emails, it's really hard to do social media without your blog posts. Mm Yeah, if you ever want to see my web of awesome to see how they all work together, oh yeah, uh, make sure that you email us or. comment on Facebook. But yeah, I have a web of awesome that shows like how they all work together. But <clears throat> but basically, whatever industry you're in, think about the three audiences that you have. So like Alex is here. He is helping us with our sound. Uh, he is, um, let's just look at the idea that Alex, you're wanting to do um, recording, right? So you might have an audience that is um, artists, right? And then you might have an audience that is uh, distribution related. And then you might have an audience that is just humans that are like, hey, I want to listen to music. And so with that, we would say, okay, so if you're just talking to artists, what are the top issues that they're coming up with? So we would sit with Alex and be like, what are all the questions that your artists are asking you? And um, what are their issues? And what are, they, what are their holdups? And um, what are they feeling like it's holding them back? And then I would expect Alex, we would sit down and we um, we look up keyword research. We look up questions that are asked specific to that in the wording that the general public is using versus our conversation with Alex. And then we would determine like what we would determine a year's worth of topics, um, yeah. writing um, whatever uh, time frame. You know, we typically go once a month per audience. But you can do as often, like more often is even better, but that's kind of the minimum that I would suggest. And so, and then we would move on to the next audience. We'd say, okay, so what about distributing this music? What, you know, who are they? What are their issues? Notice that I'm not talking about what's your agenda, not Alex. What do you want to tell these people that you want to distribute, that's never a question that comes up. It is 100% what is it that they are asking? What is it that they're needing? How can you provide them information that they're constantly asking for um, so that you're attracting and really looking at the right audience? So like, let's move on to people who are listening to music. It's like, who are you trying to attract? What is that person like? What are they thinking about? It might not all have to do with music. You know, you might... Um, I don't. I don't think Alex focuses on this, but let's use like, um, let's say it's jazz. You know, someone who does jazz. What do you know? I'd be looking up like, what do people who like jazz like? What What is their age group? What kind of hobbies do they have? Do they mm-hmm. travel? I mean, so it doesn't always have to specifically speak to what are their issues, especially with an audience, like a listener audience. You're not gonna be like, how can I fill your needs for listening to music? Some of the articles might have to do with. How do you consume music? Um, mm-hmm. How do you, you know, what are the best apps to use? Or what is the difference between these apps? So that might be one thing. But with them, it, it's really good to broaden it and go, 
Um, you know, what are some other issues that they're facing? So if it's this, let's say that we're doing a kind of music where you're only speaking to really sophisticated listeners or you're only speaking to millennials, it's like, well, what are millennials doing right now? You know, what are their issues? What are they facing? And so you're talking about music and how it relates to that and you want to stay on brand, but you also want to kind of go outside to like, you know, maybe you'll have an image of something that you know they're going to respond to because they're just so feeling it right now. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. Do you have anything to add to audience and... Um, I think that's just really important for business. Like if you're a business owner and you're not sure who your audience is, you really should be thinking about that. Like, and as most business owners have like a very clear, like, here's who we want to reach or here's who we okay. are reaching. Yes. No, no, maybe most people don't. Um, I a lot of them don't, don't know who they want to reach. They generally, they're like everybody who it's just way too general, too general. Yeah. So I would highly recommend, um, there's not a marketer you'll talk to. And I'm sure every business owner who's listening right now has heard this a million times. Like you have to know your audience, yeah. you know, you need to identify them. You need to know what their wants and needs are. You need to know what they're talking about. You need to know how your brand fits in. However, um, it's kind of a to-do list thing. Like, oh, I should. You know, they're shooting oh. all over themselves about how they should, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, get their audience identified. But a lot of business... So if you're out there and you're listening and you're feeling me, like, you know what I'm saying. However, if you've done it already, you're a huge step ahead of your competition because I would say that more often than not when I talk to businesses, their vision of who their audience is is way too general and they don't exactly know exactly how to speak to what to, their needs are to that person. But you're right; they probably, but they have heard it like a million times. So this is not. This is probably like this is their hundredth time. This maybe maybe I just hang out with marketers too much. Who know marketers know it? Yeah, yeah. marketing like people know. Like our people know. are like, of course. Could you please say it one more time? Like yeah. honestly, if you know a marketer and you love them for Christmas, you should send them a card and say, hi, I identified my target audience and I know what their wants and needs are. And they'd be like, oh, that's my love language. Thank you so much. That's the best Christmas present. Thank you for knowing that. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, and I, and I'm honestly, my finger points at me too. Like right now we have, we know who we're talking to, but I, I mean, there have been a lot of businesses that I've been involved with that that was not well identified. So it is not something that I'm like judging, but I will say that um, before all else, I, I hate it when business owners waste money. And I honestly feel like if you don't have your target audience really dialed in, your waste, if you've paid for a logo, if you've built a website, if you hire someone to write your blog post, you're wasting that because you're not, you're putting the cart before the horse. So you really need to figure that person out. One thing, one exercise, when we build websites, I do what's called a content development interview. And I ask um, all these questions. It takes about an hour and a half. It's really amazing. Like it's a really good time. And typically the business owners love it because they really get to dig into who they are, where they came from, and guess what? Their audience. Right. And however I tell them, like don't have something really deep planned right after because you're going to feel like I just sucked your brain. (laughs) But but it is a really good exercise. And I think that if I were to just tell you one little piece of it that would help in this area is I always say, you know, just kind of close your eyes and imagine in your business someone that when you do business with them, one, they subscribe to a service or they buy products that is just right right on brand. Like it's, it's what you dreamed of, that people would be buying from you. 
and that that person gets it. They know what you're doing. If you had 50 people that was that person and don't be generic, like actually think of the face of the person, think of the name of the person and then write everything you can about them down and do that. Like if you can do that three or four times, it's amazing. At least do it twice. Um, because usually there's like one person and then there's like another person. And it's and if you can think of two people who are a little bit different, but they both, you'll find they both are kind of headed in that same direction as far as being either um, a, a client of your services or purchasing products. But if, if you can identify those people, and when I did that early on in OMH, it, it it's like it changed everything. I had to go back and rewrite my website because I suddenly was like, I'm sending this person to my website what are they going to read? Are they going to get it? I'm answering different questions than they're asking me right now. And so if you have those people in mind as you're speaking with your marketing pros or as you're talking to your staff who handle, handles it, you're able to say, you you have that filter where you're like, oh, okay, well, if this person read it, what would they think? If that person right. read it, what if I sent them a link to this page, would it answer their questions? I feel like that just freed me up. It was like suddenly... It all made sense. I wasn't guessing anymore. I was really yeah. speaking to them. That's what I say. It was. It really focuses you. Like when you're thinking of like who's going to read this. Like, is is it the ideal client? If the ideal client read this, like, would they purchase from you? And mm-hmm. the answer should be yes. Mm-hmm. Like that's. And if you, I think that really helps, especially when writing blogs. When you're thinking about okay, who is reading this? Is it a future client who has no idea what we're talking about mm-hmm. or is it a marketing pro who already knows everything like how can we balance what we're writing so that we can meet everyone's needs and I think that's a huge help so like if we're like taking steps like how do we start a blog post knowing your audience is really important mm-hmm. um that would it's probably... actually step one like we yeah. wanted to start with other things just to kind of give you an idea that a blog post is really an article and we're giving you a lot of detail that you really, if you only did two things and you end this call and um, all you get is that I need to identify my target audience and I need to speak to them every month. Yeah. And that's it. And you just wrote something. I mean, we have clients who do the writing and then we post it for them yeah. in addition to blog posts that we write for them. And, um, you know, I, I mean, I have one in particular that I'm thinking of and they literally, it's a very simple blog post I give them parameters so that it's we can do all the on-page SEO, so it's like the right number of words. If we need to change some of the text, we will. But it really, he's just speaking to that audience, and it's really valuable because his audience wants to hear from him. And so if you look at it, like break down all that other stuff that we just said and just said, if I just did, if I did only one thing today, it would be audience, like just know who your audience is. And then maybe next week, if the only thing you did was write down a list of questions that they ask and start writing a blog post for each uh, question that they have, like just keep it really, really simple. If you're already doing blog posts, then all this other stuff that we're talking about is really useful because you're, it's, it's basically like start here and then get comfortable and then then go, okay, now what was it, what were two other things that they were talking about so that the next two weeks I have kind of a to-do list so that all the time you're just progressively getting better. Um, and we're kind of throwing all of this out. I had this big, huge, out, you know, aggressive outline because if you are doing it, I just want you to be encouraged to take it to the next level. Right. So you're going from just like, okay, now I have content. Okay, now they said something about using it for my social media. I don't know what to write in social media. Oh, yeah, I can use my blog post stuff. Like, 
you know, use it. Or, um, but all the rest of it, if you're just starting out, don't worry about any of it. Just worry about audience segmentation, speaking so you can speak to them, and then just make a list of what their questions are and start writing to them. Right. Um, so there's so basically that was about our audience segmentation, and then um, let's talk a little bit about the editorial calendar. I feel like this is really the fundamental difference between actually sticking with a blog and doing it once and giving up. So right. if you want to stick with a blog. We literally use a spreadsheet with three columns. Yeah. It has four columns. On the left, far left column, it's the date. So it's November 2017, you know, December 2017. Right. The next three columns at the top of those columns, um, we list the audience group. Yeah. So, you know, we'll have, for us, it would be clients in the first group. You know, for Alex, it would be um, the artists, you know, things like that. And so whatever your three are, just at the top of each one of those next three columns, it's that audience group. And then we just write titles based on on that group. So yeah. we we actually take a whiteboard and or a flip chart, actually, and we just start brainstorming different ideas. So we'll go and look up, you know, you do not have to do this, but this is what we do is we look up keywords and we just to kind of inspire us beyond the questions that we know we get especially if we're writing for a client. Um, Mm -hmm. We do a lot more research as far as that goes. But if you're just doing it for yourself, within those columns, just write down, like, what are the top questions you get asked? And suddenly, I mean, can you think of 12 questions that you've been asked in the last year? Yeah. Alex, can you think of 12 questions you've been asked by artists? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. So he's nodding and saying probably. I'm thinking, yeah, 12 questions, that's not a lot. And so if you're... Um, brand new to a business, maybe it's going to be a little bit harder. You have to get creative. But for most business owners, coming up with 12 questions is going to be easy peasy. Right. Um, for example, like real estate agents, they might have, they they actually are the one group that, and there are probably other industries, but you could have potentially more columns. You know, you got buyers, sellers, general is what we do for the most part. But some agents specialize you know, they have like a strong commercial clientele and then they have a strong investor clientele. How you talk to commercial uh, clients and how you talk to investors is different. Like you're going right. to, their, their issues are different. And so you, so if you're like, okay, I'm going to talk to my commercial real estate clients. So then you make a list of what are 12 questions that commercial clients have asked me um, in the last, you know, recently. And then the same with each group. And you could do that for buyers, sellers in general. It's like buyers, what questions do buyers, what, what are their top issues right now? Is it lending? Is it, you know, you, can you think of four lending questions that they've asked you if it's a seller? I mean, what, what are usually their issues? Sellers, if I can make real estate agents do anything, I would just say, show them how to sell their house themselves. And that's what we do here. I mean, I spend a lot of, I mean, look at me, what am I doing right this second? I'm telling you how to do your own marketing. And I would say that in no matter what industry you're in, like Alex, one thing he could do is just write blog posts on how to record your own stuff. Like here is all the equipment that you need to get started. And then when you're awesome, come to me because I, you're going to love it and you're going to feel like it's Christmas because I'm going to be doing it for you. And it's not as expensive as you think, especially when you look at your time. So, um, so again, it just goes back to show people how to do it. They're going to go, oh, my gosh, you're so brilliant, and I don't want to do this. Could you please do it for me? Right. Yeah, I think that's an awesome way. Another, like, questions for sure is probably, like, the first thing. Like, what mm-hmm. are people? What do people want to know? 
Um, and another thing to look at is like what company maybe your competition like who do you want to be and what kind of questions are is their website answering yeah I I definitely look like when I at least for when I start writing a blog when I'm looking for inspiration on where to start like I already have from the editorial (laughs) calendar we already have a bunch of working titles so it's Mm -hmm. not like the topic is lost on me um but sometimes it's just like okay but what part do I write about Mm -hmm. or um, so yeah, look at people who inspire you. Look at other people who like, oh, when I grow up, I want to be this person and this is what they're talking about. Yeah. Then do that. Talk about what they're talking about because they're doing something right if they're yeah. successful as well. So that's probably, and then at least when we get clients, we ask them like, who do you read? Like mm-hmm. what kind of people are you following yeah. on What Facebook? are your sources? Yeah. Yeah. Where, like, who where, are your sources? Yeah. Who are your sources? Um, and that is a really great way to like help us formulate a voice for them but yeah, yeah. but when your voice is really important right too. yeah so that's probably questions for sure are like the best easiest way to get started um but then also just also be reading and like who do you and you don't even ha- you probably don't even know how much you read on a daily basis like you probably read articles after articles and you don't think of it as oh that was a blog post I just re- wrote yeah. you know like people don't think about it um, when in terms of their business, I guess. So yeah, exactly. Well, and two, one of the things we were talking about are these sites that ask a lot of questions. Um, oh, right. The questions that people ask. So that's another good way. Um, and then one thing, in fact, just this morning, one person that I follow a lot is Neil Patel. He started a lot of like he goes viral all the time. He's amazing. I feel like he's one of the best content marketers that I've seen. And he just this morning I got across my desk was um, actually a video and article that he did on going viral, like how to have your blog post go. And he writes them every once in a while, which tells me that's hot content. Like people keep asking that question over and over again. So if you answer it in different ways, people still will. Like I am a sucker for that. Like I've probably read 100 articles on how to make a blog post go viral. Guess what I did this morning? I open that out of the hundreds of emails that I get. I'm like, oh my gosh, Neil Patel, once again, is going to tell me how to have a, a blog post go viral. But I will fall for it every time because he, you know, he repackages it. And it's like, right. oh, I totally want to hear that. Even though I've read your last four articles just probably in the, you know, right. recent months. So, um, so th- and one of the things that he actually said was um, there's a tool called BuzzSumo that, you can go to and it shows what articles have gone viral in your area. So mm-hmm. what ones are the most popular? They get shared the most. And going viral just means it gets shared a lot in a, short um, in a short period of time. Exactly. And so just even looking in the last 12 months, you yeah. know, what's gone viral. And using those titles um, kind of back to real estate. I mean, I always feel bad because um, one of the most popular articles is always staging. And I know real estate agents give advice on staging, and that's not really their expertise. Like, a lot of agents are really good at the basic staging ideas, and so it's really appropriate for them to give those ideas because they know what to look for. And then, of course, there are stagers who, like, professionally go in and make it Mm -hmm. um, really – it's kind of the – it's a huge jump, but it's um, the next step up. But in general, articles about staging – are some of the most popular. And yeah. every time, like, I, I feel like I talk to Taylor or other writers, and I'm just like, I'm really sorry, but you have to write on staging again, you know, yeah. because there are probably 10 more tips that you can say, or the same 10 tips, but different, or maybe a new trend or something else that you can yeah. spin on it to provide value. But 
But honestly, if it's a if you're looking at it as a professional in your industry, you're probably going to be pretty bored by the topics. You're going to go, oh yeah. my gosh, do I really have to talk about this again? But if you feel like that, it's probably the right post because yeah. it's what people you want to write about what people are asking about. So. Well, let's just kind of buzz down. I feel like um, I posted on Facebook what our topics were for today, and I warned everyone I'm not, probably not going to get to everything, so we are skipping through. We'll probably do more on blog posts. This was a very general version of it, so we'll probably hone in on different pieces of it in the future. Um, so just um, a couple tools, I think, just real briefly that I, that I know Taylor brought up. Um, one is a co-schedule. You go to coschedule.com. Is that right? Yes. They have a headline analyzer that you can use for free that is awesome. It's and amazing. they explain the pieces of it. So um, so look that up because headlines matter. Um, uh, if you can create emotion in your headline, it's better. Um, and then, um, yeah, and there's a lot more to it. But And we'll talk about that. We'll talk more about the structure of a blog post. We didn't really talk too much about that. As far as, you know, how important the headline is, I think we should probably do that on another day yeah, where we so. literally break it down and say, these are the pieces of a blog post. Um, and then in that, we can include SEO considerations. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about SEO today quite a bit. Um, and there are on-page SEO things that you can do that, again, are super easy. And we actually have a tool that we use. So we'll talk about tools when we cover that as well. Um, as well as how to measure um, the results, because we talked about having goals and the fact that you know you need a way to do it, but you should also measure and see if it's happening, um, and then also how to promote them. More ways to promote them. So we talked about that quite a bit with social media. Um, there's a lot more ways to promote your blog posts as well. Is there anything else you want to add before we go into what's going to happen? I think the last thing I would say is if you're not doing a blog post and you're kind of freaked out, just start one. Like Mm -hmm. even if it's, you think it's the worst post ever, it's not going to hurt really. Yeah. Like that's, it's really hard to have it be, have a negative impact. Like I would just start like, um, just set aside a time at least to start thinking about it. Think like make a small plan. Um, I think that's the reason we are so confident about talking about it is because we do it all the time and we have really awesome processes um, in place to make it easier for ourselves. So Yeah. Um, well, the editorial calendar, I think, is, like I said before, it's the difference between giving up and doing it on an ongoing basis because yeah. you're going to sit down right now and go, yes, I'm going to start doing blog posts. And then you're going to write one. If you have an editorial calendar and that's day one of I'm starting a blog post and you write your editorial calendar, what's going to happen is... When you're like, okay, here's my schedule. You're going to want to block out time and say, this is the time I work on blog posts. And that's what we do. It's like, here's our deadline. We start on the first or, you know, whatever. We have different deadlines for different clients. But you start on this day. You end on this day. It's due by that day. And each month when that comes up, you know, you don't have to be all creative and think about what am I going to write about? Like cutting that part out is, I think, the most freeing thing ever. And I don't even really like to write. And I just know that when it comes time, it's like, oh, well, at least I don't have to think about something to write about, you know. So right. writing just and write and making the editorial calendar is kind of the funnest part too, I think. I yeah. mean, it's exhausting a little bit, 
But by the time you're done, it's like it's kind of invigorating as well because you're like thinking about your business and all these questions. So editorial calendar, I think, would exactly hit what you're talking about. Where yep. it's just do it. But post start it. with an editorial calendar. Don't just write the post. Before. No, yeah, I would say definitely make the plan before you start. That yeah. would be probably the number one piece of advice. Even if sure. you hate to plan. Even if you hate spreadsheets and you just want to like write it on a piece of paper, whatever works for you. That totally works, yep. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about what's coming up. First of all, thank you so much for listening to this podcast or watching it. And um, thank you to Alex Youngren, who does our sound. And thanks, Taylor, for being here. Uh, we've got some cool things coming up. Usually, we have a guest that comes in outside of our office. I had been reserving time so that Taylor and I could answer a lot of these questions that we get. Um, but we're getting a lot of our schedule honestly is getting booked up with guests, which is so fun. It's I always say, oh, my gosh, it's my favorite thing to get to sit and ask somebody that I respect in the industry all these questions and talk about these things that we all like so much. Um, I also like talking to Taylor about it, and I don't want to miss out on that. So as, um, so as that schedule gets booked up, what Taylor and I will be doing is having an after the show with Tiffany and Taylor. And we'll just take just a quick 20 minutes and take a piece. So today we covered a lot of ground because we knew we had an hour. Yeah. Uh, but in the future, we're just going to take a piece and then just talk about it. And that will be the after show with Tiffany and Taylor. And so watch for that. Um, and then a few times it'll be you and I where we sit and talk like this as well. So I, I just want to make sure we get questions answer that we get a ton. What happens is I'm out and about and I'm talking to a business owner and they're like, Hey, so what do you use for your, for your sales funnel? Or how do you write a blog post or what is a blog post? And I can say, you know, like some of these questions, I know this is a half an hour and I have to go to work. Like I have clients and I have websites to build and things to do. And I, I love so much to help people just write on the spot, but I'm able to say, Hey, uh, catch us on Thursday, ask us some questions. Um, so so we do want to leave some time aside to where it's Taylor and I, but I think that this after show is going to work out great. So, yeah, so. so let's talk about some of our upcoming guests. Next week, we have Aaron Waller from Graphic Finesse. And he, I know last week we talked with um, Kyle Benton from Benton Media, and he talked about videos and social media. I feel like there's a couple kind of types of videos. I mean, there's a lot of types of videos, but really I always segment them from a digital marketing aspect into micro moment videos where it's like, Hey, I want to have video on my Facebook page or, and those are just these like, Hey, get them out there. This is our, this is our strategy. But then there are asset videos where you're telling a story or you're putting quite a bit into the production of a really put together video. And um, and, and Graphic Finesse is one of the many companies who do that. And I really enjoy talking to it, to Aaron about marketing. So I asked him to come in and we'll talk about the asset version of videos. So these videos that you put a lot into, it's like, what do I do with it? We get this all the time. It's like, then what? Now I have this really expensive video yeah. and I don't really know what to do with it. So we're going to talk about some options and some also some considerations in putting together one that you can use for multiple platforms. So so we'll have Aaron next week. Uh, November 23rd is Thanksgiving. So I'm committed to having at least two of our recordings up. I'm actually going to have them up by next week, but it's so that we have them for Thanksgiving. So enjoy yeah. Thanksgiving with your family. 
Uh, and then the following week is the 30th. And Jeff Lethert from Billings Lifestyle Magazine is going to join us. And we're going to talk about budgeting for marketing, which um, a little bit is self-indulgent because I a little bit feel like it is pushing an agenda. Like um, it is a question that we get asked a lot, though, like um, in but they don't say like, hey, how do I budget for marketing? You know, yeah. we don't have business owners like pounding down our door. But if you're a business owner, do you not wonder how you budget for marketing? Um, usually the way that I feel like I'm asked is I can't afford marketing. That's that's how I feel like we're asked. And even though no one's asking for our opinion, we're giving it. So I um, there's like you absolutely have to market to grow your business. And so we want to give you some solutions to be able to make that happen. And we're really big on a an in-house versus out like outsourced. Uh, balance. So we'll talk about that as well. December 14th, we have Tucker Veldkamp. Uh, he is an entrepreneur who owns Top Sandwiches. And so he is really fun to talk to. He's definitely got the entrepreneur's mindset. So we'll ask him some questions about uh, where he's at, where he's going, his mindset, um, and things like that. So be sure that you uh, keep in touch, send us your questions. You can either email them ahead of time, uh, indicate if you would like uh, Taylor and I to ask them. So no, if you do send us an email ahead of time, say, Hey, I want this for the after show with Tiffany and Taylor. Or if you'd like us to, well, otherwise we'll just assume that you want it during the chat and grow normal sessions. So be sure to send us your questions and, um, that's all we got. So thanks everyone. And, um, the best is yet to come.